Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV worth talking about. We're all suspects. Yes, of course we are. This is Shrine Podcasts. Vigil. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcast Presents Vigil. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca. And we are sans Hannah today. She will be back tomorrow. Uh, well, Jesus, episode two really knocked it up a gear. We had a chase from a masked gunman in a forest. Poppy, fearing her mother was going to be arrested for attending, quote unquote, a wild lesbian <laughs> orgy. And an MI5 agent who really doesn't have a head for heights. Mm-mm. Where did that man go? Potentially dodgy. Potentially dead. Where is he? <laughs> He vanished through a neck curtain never to be seen again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm going to have your thoughts and theories in a little bit. Uh, but first, Rebecca has your recap of episode two. She's put a lot of work into it. Take it away, bitch. I have to say now I'm very out of practice because I hadn't done a recap for an episode like this or a series like this since we did Happy Valley back in February. It's a lot. It's, this is... This is Intricate, complicated and confusing. Totally is. But I feel like after doing the recap and watching the episode twice, I feel like I have a better handle at what's going on because okay. we were introduced to a lot of new characters and there's about 75 storylines yes. in one go. So here we go. Thank you. Episode two opens in the woods with a rogue gunman chasing and shooting at Silva, Longacre and Sabia. They all separate and a pregnant Longacre who says she can't run anymore distracts the man who is ordering for her to tell him where Sabia is. Suddenly, Amy smacks the man over the head with a rock and then there is a bit of a wrestle. They're trying to get the gun off each other. Silva is then hit and luckily... And a man who's armed, you know, armed forces yeah. officer, uh, he comes in in the nick of time. But I mean, it was a close one. It was close. The rogue gunman, though, looks like he's about to surrender. Mm. And then, go tubbin, he decides to jump off a cliff. <laughs> that's that's suddenly, for anyone who doesn't speak Irish, the jump off the cliff was so James Bond. It was ridiculous. Also, the man must have known the area very well to know that he could jump off that cliff. The jump off the cliff was, I just, was I feel like that cliff just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I thought that he died. No. <laughs> I just yeah. really for the whole episode was really confused and mm. I was like, oh, that man's alive. <laughs> so anyway, the man is still alive. Um, right, afterwards, Silver rings Robertson and we learn that Sabia has a minor concussion that basically it was a miracle that she stayed hidden for so mm. long and that a phone that was found at the scene believed to be Chapman's, that's sent to the lab, right? DNA tests are going to be done on the blood from the man's head wound and we do find out that Silvaker are having a boy. 
Yes. And Aww. they both keep telling each other this whole episode to, you know, they're like, like Silva's like to Longacre, you need to be signed off now and not be doing these missions. And uh, they're both saying to each other that they should have waited for backup there because it was very dangerous. Now, am I reading too much into it? Or did at one point when they were sat in a car, and I don't know if this is here or if it's a bit later on, does everyone else that they're working with know that they're together? And do they know she's pregnant? They seem to sort of be trying to... I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe they were trying to hide the relationship slash pregnancy. Yeah, not at sure. Times. Yeah, yeah I know what know. you mean. I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure what the crack is there. Right. So Silva then later visits to be in hospital, and she says that she saw her dad being shot dead, but she stayed hidden and she didn't get a good look at the gunman. She mentions that her dad actually went to Dubai for a few days before. Then uh, they came back to Woodian, and then they went to Scotland for the hospital mm. appointment. So yes, that's that's her version of events. She also mentions that they didn't bring their phones to the cottage in Scotland and that her dad left for an hour or two but he never would tell her what he was doing mm. with work while they were there. Silva then tells Sabia about the people being killed in the drone attack and that her dad has been identified as the person controlling the ore pass and Sabia begs for uh, Silva to let her go back to Woodian to be with her mother's family. Yeah. Back at the office, Silva tells Robertson that Zaman, who was the man up the tree in the last episode, yeah. isn't cooperating but there's no link as of yet between himself and Chapman. Right. DS Paul Townsend then comes in and he chats about a lot of complicated data things, stuff to do with satellites, the ore pass, and uh, also to do with latency rates. But the gist here, basically, yes. is that Chapman is suspected to have logged in and controlled the drone from Scotland. Uh, but actually, the latency rates match those in Woodian. Therefore, the drone was actually operated from Woodian, not Scotland. The GPS was faked, but yeah. you can't fake the latency yes. rates. So therefore, the rogue drone that killed the people in the attack in Dundare was controlled by Woodian and Chapman didn't do it. Didn't do it. Now, he could still be involved or whatever. Yes, but but somebody else is framing him. Exactly. Robertson then informs Margaret... Margaret... Hi, Marcus. (laughs) Robertson then informs Marcus Granger and the other fella who I think's name is Ian. Okay. The guy who's involved in the drone company that's always beside Marcus. Right. Anyway, they're basically like, Silva needs to go to Woodian. It's part of her crime scene. The lads try and push back a lot here. You know, I can't figure out Granger, a.k.a. Is his name Dugray? Dugray Scott. Well, can't tell if he is a pain in the hole or if he's bent or what's happening. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, they're pushing back a lot. They're like, MI5 should handle this. Do you know, we don't want an international incident. Um, And I loved the exchange between Granger and Silva here. You know, he's like one misstep here and you won't be able to fill your car with petrol. And then Silva's like, I drive electric. (laughs) It was just, there are some really funny moments. Yeah, a couple of really funny lines, yeah. We then find out that MI5 have found links between the tree man, a.k.a. Firas Zaman, and a man named Mohammed Rajab, who was already in prison on terrorism charges with the group Jabhat al-Hurriya. Mm. Yep. Uh, there is also a plot to disrupt the UK-Wujani relationship. So Dr. Mohammed is the fellow who was writing the scripts. Yes. Where they think all the code For was the 26 in. different ailments and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, some like, they're saying, have a look at those scripts because we might see some bits and pieces like addresses and whatnot. Yeah. Silva is like, listen, 
I need to go and interview Mohammed and she says she'll book a flight. Mm. At home that evening, Silva and Poppy have a nice old chat. That's her daughter, by the way. And But Poppy's very upset now about Silva going to the Middle East mm. and she brings up how they have the death penalty for lots of things and that they put gay people in prison. Yeah, they don't like the gays. Really. Silva and uh, Kirsten later joke about how Poppy thinks they're going to be arrested for what you said earlier, a wild lesbian orgy. <laughs> and they also discuss the case and how they're looking for a link between Chapman dealing with a dissident group. The theory is that he helped them gain access to the Orpass programme and that they then killed him to, to shut him up. There's mm. also a lot of chat in this episode about uh, Silva keeping to... keep. She keeps asking Longacre to step back from duty. Yeah. I just, as Hannah would say, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. They're kind of overdoing it a little bit. It's every... It's a lot. It's every exchange. Yeah. So... On the flight over to Woody and Sabia says that she knows some of the men in the pictures and the files that mm. uh, Silva's going through, but, you know, only to see, not by name. She also asks Silva if she thinks someone at the base in Woody and helps to kill her dad. And she says that Silva's actually going to really like it there because no one tells the truth there either. Back in Scotland, Ramsay from MI5 and Longacre, they've been put uh, working together, right? And they realise that the prescriptions found in the three man's flat, they contain messages of loads of different dates, including the 21st of the 5th, 2023, which was the date of the attack in Dundare. Which also, when I saw this on screen, I wondered, was that the original date that this was supposed to air? Like, was it supposed to air closer to that time than now? <laughs> yeah, I'd That's, say so. Yeah, I was honestly going, I wonder. I think Vigil was supposed to air in August. I think you so. Know? Anyway, um, the dates match up for the all, all the other test dates as well. So they had a lot of information mm. now. Someone was really leaking them a lot of info. As they land in Woodian, Sabia makes a few comments, right? The first about Silva's scarf. She says, you know, you don't need to wear that anymore because the king relaxed the rules. But that it's a shame that everyone who fought for those rights is now in prison. They're then stopped and searched for a bit and Sabia mentions how the regime love to remind people who's in charge and uh, Eliza Russell then picks them up from the airport, drives them back to the military base and they meet Colonel Bilali who is the base commander at Al-Shaka Ashoka, yes, mm. and uh, he's like, I want to talk to you, Silva, or whatnot. Can't figure him out now. Mm. Mm. Silva's like, listen, I need to see Wing Commander Chapman's quarters. Eliza is like, no worries, hon. I've already done a full search. I haven't found anything. Convenient. Mm. Anyway, she later tells Silva that um, Sabia really needs to go back to the UK because she's not going to do well there at all. There is then a very long exchange between Silva and Eliza. Silva needs to speak to Flight Lieutenant Callum Barker and also Captain Sam Cader. They flew the two drones... um, during the, the test of the attack and all that. So so basically she then tells her, you know, the GPS reading was fake, so Chapman actually could have been framed and that they did find that Jabat Al-Hariya had been receiving information about their weapons programme and it is very likely to have come from that base. Eliza's obviously horrified because she's running the show now mm. and she's like, how do you go about accusing people of being traitors? She also explains the setup of the whole situation, just in case anyone needs to know because I was very confused after the first episode. So... The squadron is a joint venture. Eliza's in charge, but obviously the colonel oversees everything, right? Yeah. So it's between the UK Woodian and the developer Albanex. They're all subcontractors. So there's lots of money at stake. Britain's arms delivered with the support of the British Air Force. The Wujani Air Force would grind to a halt if they weren't there. So Silva basically is jeopardising their whole operation. Okay. Um, Silva is like, I need to speak to uh, to Kader. And basically, it's a bit more difficult to speak to him because... Colonel Bilali is his main boss because they're Wujani and uh, Wes Harper is the fella who's the softer, software engineer as we said last episode with Albanex. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a few different stakeholders. Everyone has their own interests. Yes, they do. Back in Scotland, it's discovered that the van used by the forest shooter is actually owned by a cleaner named Arlene. Now, Arlene did report it stolen, but after they looked at the gun used in the attack, they linked the location of the gun to this place called Loch Dun Estate, and that's actually the place that Arlene cleans. Oh, right. You know? Ramsey later tells Longacre that he reckons, you know, that shooter is just some random man who was probably paid for like a bit of a hit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatnot, but Kirsten's like, I'm not so sure now because he was trying to kill me and Amy. She is such a good detective. She's she? brilliant on the ball, right? So in Woodian, uh, Silva finds out that Eliza is giving her a bit of the runaround. Now Eliza said that everyone was asleep, but actually they were doing this yeah. whole new drone operation. The squadron were in control in the control room, and they're running an operation against Jabhat Al Haria. Silva realizes that it's the same address that was on one of the prescription scripts found mm-hmm. in the tree man's apartment so she's like you know I need to see all this like yeah. I've, I've basically given you this intel or whatever it all gets very tense here the ground team are at the building the drones are overseeing everything shots fired um, something's actually missed though and uh, it's actually your man Barker who misses it he misses one of the exits so two of the people in that building escape very uh, gave me vibes of Doward missing things in season one it's giving Doward isn't it's it it's giving Doward the colonel then instructs Eliza and the team to take the men out but she's like we're not permitted to do that do you know the colonel's a bit yeah. you know and she's like oh, well we can't be doing that now or whatever and uh, the men then get away uh, Eliza's fuming afterwards and she tells uh, Barker that he had clear sight lines and if he can't see something he needs to tell her Silva later interviews Barker who's cracking a few cans now he's had a long day at the office did he write their names on them yeah, is that what he was like what's your name she's like Amy yeah he wrote the name it's on so the cans weird. which is I mean sounds like something I do in work after someone stole my curry that time but anyway they are having a chat finally so she gets to sit down with Barker and um, they're talking about the day of the Dundare attack and basically he says that at the end of that test uh, he was ordered to leave all his equipment in the cabin and Wes from Alban X he comes in and packs it up then afterwards um, and the interesting thing here that Barker noticed from the whole thing is that the Orpaz sprayed fire but there was no targeting and hardly any manoeuvring so from him and his expertise he says that someone who wasn't properly trained was flying that drone who mm-hmm. killed those people mm-hmm. and if they were trained they would have hit the platform first yeah. try. So it's someone inexperienced is what he thinks. Right. Now in the stairwell then, Barker bumps into Sabia and Sabia is like, here, I know we're not to talk, supposed to talk but what happened? But he calls her Sabs and I'm yeah. like, wow now. Yeah, it's not explicitly said but like, if you put two and two together you're like, oh clearly there was a romantic relationship Both here. of a certain age. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's just human nature sometimes and I wouldn't say they have too many hoolies with other people. Mm. So anyway, there's some sort of relationship between the two of them. So uh, she's like, listen, they tried to kill me and my dad, what's going on? And he's like, I can't help you. I'm not allowed to talk to you about this. Yeah. Um, and then she says, oh, was anything you ever told me it, true? Yeah. Yeah, it was all like, a lie. He's like, love, go get some rest. Do you know that way? Mm. Silva then heads to this very locked up armory room with Wes. Do you know? It's very hard mm-hmm. to get in and out of there. It was giving tube. It, it was giving a torpedo tube. Torpedo yeah. tube. Yeah. Was, I loved the amount of references to traitors in this episode. I was like, <laughs> I was like, where is Claudia Winkleman? Where the is nice woolly jumper. Um, so, yeah, so she, Silva goes in with Wes to this room that's high security. It's where all the drones and um, equipment are kept, right? So, um, basically, right, Barker and Kader, after the test, 
Wes verifies that he did see both of them afterwards. Silva notices, though, that there's actually three drones. Mm. She's like, hang on, why is there three? And Wes is like, there were two in Scotland that you confiscated, the two here, and there's actually a spare one, basically, and it's in that box. And then when they go to open the box, (laughs) they realise that the box that the spare one's meant to be in is actually empty yeah. and Wes then realises he hasn't actually seen yeah. the other drone he's for seen the box, a number the of days yes yeah. exactly I'm like Wes now are you dodgy or you think he picked, he's like oh it's very light very yeah when he said <laughs> yeah that. he's like oh it's very light very light um, so basically the last time that Wes actually saw the console was three or four days before the kit was sent to Scotland ew 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 yeah. like not good <laughs> um, they then checked the cameras and Silva is like hang on a second now there's 30 Miss, uh, minutes missing from that footage so what's going on there someone's changed the time code but she does realise on the log that um, the dates don't match up so Wing Commander Chapman you know he's the one who erased the footage but he couldn't have erased the footage yeah. because he was in Dubai mm-hmm. mm. Silva is then straight on to Eliza and she's like listen pet console was stolen when Chapman was off the base so he was working with someone and covered up for them so Another team member is a traitor and is um, collaborating with Mohammed Rajab. Yeah, so somebody Rajab. used Chapman's login to change the CCTV footage to delete 13 minutes. Someone's collaborating with Mohammed and someone on the base is working with Jabhat Al-Hariya. Back in Scotland, Longacre interviews the cleaner all about her ex-lovers and finds out that the van was stolen by one of her ex-fellas, a man named Ross, who is ex-military. More on that later. Back to Woody and now. Silva asks the colonel if he's sure that a dissident group is behind the attack in Dundair. And he's like, listen, if I had to place a bet, I would say it was Jabhat al-Hariya. You know, they're in a league with dissidents across the border and, you know, they're supporting their neighbours. The government is under siege from relentless dissident attacks. So they've all been drawn in defensively and the base conducts some operations. You know, I'd say that base is a few enemies. I would have thought so. Yeah. And she asks, you know, what led him to raid that location today? And he's like, your intelligence or whatever, right? Mm. So she brings up the prisoner with links to the group, Dr. Mohammed Rajab, and she asks, can she interview him? The colonel says that he wants to see Anthony Chapman cleared of any wrongdoing. Longacre and the MI5 fella Ramsey, they head to uh, the cleaner ex-lovers and suspected forest gunman Ross Sutherland's last known address. It's a dodgy flat, graffiti everywhere. Jesus, it is... It gave me similar vibes to somewhere that Tommy Lee Royce would stay. Oh, absolutely. And the Very main way similar. in Line of Duty were yeah. dot through the, the coffee. Ramsey doesn't think that your man's going to be stupid enough to go back to his last known address. But Longacre is like, listen, he's a creature of habit. He stole his ex-girlfriend's van and he also stole a rifle from the place that they were yeah. all working in or whatever. So he probably will go back for a kip mm. in his gaff. Um, and she actually realises that she can get into his house via the flat next door th- over a balcony. Well, I was in a sweat. I was like, oh, she's going to slip. She's going to be gone. It was very intense. Back in Woody and now Silva tells, uh, sorry, vi- Silva visits Mohammed in hospital. Now, the man's been tortured. Yeah. The colonel says that he was in a fight, but I mean, he, he's been tortured. She's like, they're clearly electrocution marks. Exactly. So the, he, he leaves the room to take a call. And during that time, Mohammed can't talk because he has an oxygen mass over him. But he does try and write a message on a piece of paper really mm. quickly and give it to Silva. We don't know what's been written. We'll find out next episode. It looks like the pen slash pencil slips. And I think we're going to have a succession moment where they're like, did he underline or cross out my name? Stop. Can you actually It's going to be the same thing. Back in the scaldy Scottish flat, Longacre figures out that Ross has actually been home in the last 24 hours because his toothbrush is wet. It's just, it's the little things like that that are just so clever. So she calls for backup 
and she's like listen he may be armed because he's been here and he knows that we might be looking for mm. him or whatever they do find also a file underneath his t-shirts with a picture of Sabia in it Ramsey who I think is now acting shifty says that he's going to go out front and meet back up 100% he obviously told them to never come in he's he was so like, go home. shifty I'd say he was like false alarm go yeah. home shocking Longacre is now on her own in the flat right she calls Silva, who was in the car in Woody and with the Colonel, to tell her that the phone actually recovered from the cottage was Sabby's and not Chapman. But the thing is, Sabby has told Silva that they didn't bring their phones. Mm. So what is going on there? So um, as Silva leaves the car, the Colonel, the Colonel then turns around to her and is like, you need to complete your work quickly here. Yeah. You know, a bit Move threatening. Move on there. Mm. So basically... Um, The whole sitch here now, the explainer, is that when Chapman was in Dubai, Sabi may have used his warehouse pass. He then may have found out, deleted the footage and got her out of the country. So Silva is like, I need to find Sabi. Okay. Back in the flat, then Kirsten has a sit, rubs the belly, thinks everything's fine. Suddenly, she hears a noise. It's Ross, who's actually hiding in the wardrobe. In the top of the wardrobe? How did he get up there? Who missed that as well? Yeah. Mm. He says, listen, I've heard everything. And if you move, if you scream, if you touch your phone, I'm going to break your neck. She then is trying to frantically talk him down. He whips out a knife. She says she's there because of Anthony Chapman, that she knows he was hired to kill him by someone and that they've now left uh, Ross to fend for himself. Someone is trying to frame Chapman for a crime. Are you part of that? She asks. Ross says it's all bollocks. But Kirsten asks what they told him because Chapman wasn't a terrorist. Ross then says it's not his job to kill her and he leaves via the window. Mm. He scales the building, he gets away and he does another runner. This time not off a cliff, this time over a railing. In Woodian, Silva spots Sabia watching Barker playing basketball with the colleague. Sabi then walks up to Barker, who we think she may have been in a relationship with, and stabs him in the arm. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the episode. Fair play to you, that was a great recap. I'm glad for myself that I did that because yeah, I now thanks. have a full understanding. Yeah, good. A better understanding. A better understanding. Of who's whom. Yeah, there's and obviously what's a lot to play out over the next couple of episodes. Uh, all eyes on Sabia. All eyes on, sorry, what is the MI5 dude's name again? Uh, Ramsey. Ramsey. Like, he just vanished behind that neck curtain. Also, okay, Ramsey MI5, but Marcus Granger kept pushing for MI5 to investigate this whole thing and not, yeah. not the police and all that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, are Marcus and Ramsey in cahoots? Are they both dodgy? What's happening? What is happening? Uh, we're going to have your thoughts and theories after this. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so your thoughts and theories. Um, in our last episode, we confusion over the explosion in episode one, right? So at Average Joe has tweeted at Pod and said, it was the ammunition left on the destroyed drone that exploded. So they knew, or at least we think they knew what it was, hence the nonchalance. Um, it does mean, though, that the whole ass missile blew up near them and nobody gave a shite. Yeah. Uh, K for Days on Insta said, hi guys, so happy Vigil's back and you're back as well. And my Aww. understanding of the random explosion is nobody commented on this. Um, right before the explosion, they're talking about... <laughs> What should be done with the rogue drone that's been shot down? Fair. Bit of a tug of war. Silva wants it preserved for examination. And its owner says there's live ammunition still on board that needs to be taken care of. So that that is what exploded. Okay, so it, it, it was said before that, but we all just missed it. We but they didn't reference it. it after Yeah, there was just sort of like a huge explosion. And <laughs> meh, move on. Um, Katie on Instagram uh, has DM'd us, says, Hey, hey, so here for Series 2 of Vigil. Uh, very mad about it not being Sunday night releases, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, agreed, Katie. Um, but even though my wife and I are watching from the UK, we're watching along with you. Thank you. Um, can I just uh, raise Silva's injured leg after that massive explosion? Are we concerned for her to end up all Roz Huntley with an impromptu amputation. Could happen. Uh, Flippio on Twitter says season two so much better than season one. Uh, kind of how the capture season two was better than season one. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like to see series improving. Shape Your Wardrobe on Twitter says this series is so, so much better than the submarine one. Yeah. A I lot d- of people are agreeing. They're different, but they are, like, I'm really, honestly really really impressed with yeah. season 2 you never know what to expect from a second one we didn't need a second series no. but I'm so glad that we have one uh, Johnny Barr on email said did anyone notice at the uh, after the drones killed people that the drone had VL1 on it uh, which made me think short for vigil maybe P.S. love the pod obsessed if uh, something comes out about that what an observation I missed that completely I love that we're now at the level of when we saw tiles in Chicken Licken's kitchen <laughs> in Line of Duty that we were like the tiles says the letter H and normally that happens around episode five or four yeah, we're, we're, we're straight we're in, straight in. Uh, Catherine DM'd us about Vigil's name she says the Scottish police motto is Semper Vigilo which means always vigilant so you can justify keeping the series name as Vigil sorry love that excuse me and uh, we did an email amazing from a, yeah an email from a guy called Carl as well now Carl is XRAF in real life oh wow um, Carl not that impressed he says he's lost count of the errors made he thinks the uniforms look like they're from a fancy dress shop <laughs> and he said there's so many errors he's going to start playing a spot the error drinking game I suppose you know when you when you have when worked you, in an area, yeah. yeah, you know. It's like whenever in a TV show or a movie, when um, there's an interview, like if it's a podcast or a radio show, and the person is sitting seven miles away from the microphone. Yes, I'm always like, that's not real. And in TV shows and movies, when they drink a coffee, it's so obvious that yeah, it's never full in or it. hot because they're flinging it around the place. Yeah, um, we've got more voice notes from you as well. We love to hear from you. You can send us all your thoughts and theories uh, by clicking the link on our website shrinepodcasts.com uh, here's a voice note from Jack Lester hello my three favourite Irish people Jack here what I'm going to talk about is the start of episode 2 when this sniper rifle guy has a clear shot or a good shot on all three of them doesn't take it doesn't manage to hit any of them 
gets taken out by a rock from Saran Jones. But then the good guys, or supposedly good guys, have a gunman shooting at the sniper or aiming at the sniper. And the guy puts his gun down really slowly, then runs off. And the good guys don't even try and shoot him. Like, come on, shoot his legs or something. Then he jumps into this water thing. Nothing else after that. Come on. I felt the yeah, same. Yeah, fair point, Jack. I thought that he was a goner. I didn't realise he'd escaped. But also, what he says then at the end of the episode, he's like, it's not my job to kill you. He doesn't want to harm anyone that he doesn't have, have to. to. Like, he could have clearly shot the three of them at the start. Yeah. He didn't want to. Mm. Yeah, he wanted to jump dramatically into the... Sea, sea slash, slash yes. lake, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, thanks for that voice note, Jack. Thank um, you. And finally, we've got a voice note from somebody who wants to remain anonymous. Now, the first half of this is about the TV show. The second half is, well, take a listen. Hello, folks. This is a dual purpose uh, voice note as such. Um, my first point is glad the podcast is back. My ma and I are going mad for Vigil. Oh. Uh, the daughter, the daughter is, well, obviously we know she's up to something now after the second episode, but like, and then that creep is obviously like was stringing her along or whatever. Kind of glad he got stabbed. wasn't really a big fan. That's my first part of this voice note. Second part is, so I was listening to the episode t- today and um, listening to Christopher's voice note. I feel like you could be running... I like a dating surface, do you know? Because like, we're both watching the same TV, not that I, we're both watching the same TV show, you know, we're both listening to podcasts, we love it. Do you know, you could be looking up like-minded people here. Right. Shrine does Blind marriage. Date. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Who are we, Silla? Yeah. Okay, so Christopher from yesterday's episode, Christopher yeah. from the episode that we did on episode one of series two, if you're listening <laughs> again and you're single, we might be able to hook you up with our anonymous messenger. So. Sorry, imagine if we end up. Imagine if there was a Shrine podcast marriage. Um, imagine. Do you know what I mean? Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And I mean, what a meat cute. As we continue to play your voice notes, the chances of you hearing someone that you're like, they sound like a ride, is only going to improve. But there is nothing nicer than when you are in a relationship with someone who likes the same TV as you. Yeah, true. Do you know? True. Mm hmm. Ooh. Um, thank you for Ooh. all of your thoughts, theories, and suggestions <laughs> of how we can, uh, you know, diversify our, service. Our, our business model. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, what to expect from season two, episode three. The BBC synopsis says Following the stabbing of an officer on the base, Eliza warns Amy to get control of her investigation. Amy must find the traitor in the ranks of the Air Force. Kirsten, now working with MI5 partner Ramsey, uncovers key evidence linking a squadron member to the attack. With the force running out of leads on Chapman's killer, Kirsten follows a hunch. Amy takes a grave risk Ooh. that puts her in jeopardy. OMG, we're going to get some Whopper cliffhanger. Yeah, we sure are. Um, okay, we are going to be back with our recap of episode three tomorrow. We would love to hear your thoughts and theories on it. Uh, really easy to send us a voice note. Just click the link on our website, shrinepodcasts.com. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with our next recap and your thoughts and theories and with Hannah as well. Yes, we will. Have a lovely evening slash afternoon and enjoy episode three of Vigil, which airs tonight on BBC One at night. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts. Vigil.